Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Blazing the Path, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Clinson, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Um, I'm hoping that all of you are having a wonderful uh, weekend. I certainly can't complain. Um, I spent uh, a lot of yesterday uh, back at home with my family in Wauwatosa, got some Christmas shopping done, and then... uh, and then later on, on in the evening, I had I had a little bit of fun. had a had a couple of extra uh, Belgian ales, and then fell asleep to Mel Gibson's The Patriot, uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, despite uh, some of the bad press around Mel Gibson, there, but uh, this is more of a basketball podcast than a. Mel Gibson podcast to those who may be a little bit turned around on Apple Podcasts or Spotify right now, but yeah, I can't complain at all about my weekend, and I uh, I opened up this uh, Sunday uh, morning as I typically would um, with my uh, Sunday scary cleanse of heading down to the Collectivo down, down the hill for me, snagging a Chipotle chicken sandwich and a chai tea, so... Uh, morale's uh, pretty high here in Milwaukee, uh, the good land, of course, as I'm looking out over Lake Michigan right now. And uh, also, I'm happy to report that the little snow flurries that I noticed uh, early this morning have all but melted in Wisconsin. So despite being in Milwaukee, not quite the biggest fan of winter, uh, except for the fact that that uh, largely means that we have Milwaukee Bucks basketball back. So before I uh, get into a little bit more of what the regular season will look like for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I thought I'd be remiss if I uh, didn't recognize the contributions on and off the court from the players who are no longer with the Bucks. Uh, I'm going to start off naturally with Eric Bledsoe. Uh, of course, they're Uh, have been mixed reviews along with Eric Bledsoe's tenure with the Milwaukee Bucks, and maybe that's putting it kindly, unfortunately, um, from the point of view of Milwaukee Bucks fans. But uh, I definitely do not regret being being an Eric Bledsoe apologist at all throughout his time here, despite him not playing up to the standards that we had uh, for him. And, well, he set for himself with... um, years of a long career and production in the regular season. Fortunately, he just wasn't able to replicate 
that same production in the playoffs. Um, but we do wish him all the best because um, let's let's not forget that um, he did have that uh, near All Star season back in Mike Boonholzer's first year in 2019. Uh, although his uh, his splits that year on paper wouldn't typically be that of someone squeaking into the all-star team over uh, like the eventual uh, 2019 all-star D'Angelo Russell, who had 21.1 points per game that year. Bledsoe finished uh, with 15.9 points, uh, 5.5 assists, 4.6 assists, or sorry, (laughs) 5.5 assists and 4.6 rebounds and a steal and a half. Um, that was that was definitely the press at the time, kind of right before he would get uh, that extension that some of us weren't entirely thrilled about. But but we we can't forget the uh, positive production that Eric Bledsoe did put forth that year, also being first team All Defense in 2019, and then this past year he was uh, second team All Defense uh, as well. So uh, shout out to Eric Bledsoe and. Um, since this is probably the last time I want to touch on it too, I just kind of, you know, want to bring up again the extension that I kind of glossed over there. And I think it was kind of underrated how, um, you know, who's, who's to say where Bledsoe's career will go from here. Hopefully, hopefully it kind of sticks on uh, a more positive uh, trajectory than it may be. Uh, at this moment following the playoffs but you know if you're looking at him as a as a starting caliber point guard which I do believe he is um, I've pointed it out to many in the past and and in some of my writing that it it was pretty rare to have have a starting uh, caliber player um, in your uh, starting lineup at a number that is below and uh, certainly not near a max level salary, but also not on a rookie year deal. So being able to have someone at the point guard position kind of at a middling salary, I think was was really valuable for the Milwaukee Bucks, especially since we had uh, Giannis and Chris, who we clearly had to um, devote more um, of a higher salary cap percentage to. So shout out to Eric Bledsoe. I'm going to keep it moving down the line here with um, – Another starter of ours uh, last season, and that was Wesley Matthews. Uh, I believe he started all of the um, 60-some games that he was available for last year for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, on brand uh, with having the nickname of Iron Man. And I think that nickname is quite valid considering the fact that he also had had, had an Achilles injury at one point. I'm unsure of the severity of it, but... Um, for him to have a terrible Achilles injury and have a team like the Mavericks still bet on him despite that injury, um, you know, and, and for it not to really end up being, a, I mean, it was maybe neg- it was maybe negative value to have him at, at above 15 million per year at some point, but for it not to really, uh, you know, tarnish the success of, of an NBA team, I think speaks volumes to him, especially with that injury. But uh, more relevant to the Bucks is just the straight fact that he was the best defender on Jimmy Butler and James Harden this past year. 
And uh, that's the reason why I considered him to be our number one uh, offseason priority after we had traded for Drew Holiday and uh, the whole thing with Bogdanovich. Uh, so I'm definitely sad to see him go, especially to uh, the Los, Los Angeles Lakers. And I've also touched on some of my confusion there when, you know, I, I would say uh, maybe the guys that had the hashtag Lakers uh, hoops head hoop heads podcast could uh, speak more to this, but um, I haven't heard for sure whether or not he or Contavious Caldwell Pope will end up being starters uh, on the Lakers. So to me, despite the Lakers being uh, the champions last season, I would still think that on paper we're in um, just about the same tier as them when looking forward to this season. So. I was definitely disappointed and shocked that uh, Wes chose them over us when he would have had a starting spot um, guaranteed once uh, Bokadon fell through. But um, Wesley Matthews, also everyone in, in Wisconsin was pretty excited to hear that he was coming um, last offseason in the Malcolm Brogdon trade considering his roots here. Uh, he went to high school at uh, Madison Memorial obviously in Madison, Wisconsin, and then uh, following that up with going to college uh, uh, in Milwaukee at Marquette. So we're definitely going to miss Wesley Matthews and his, especially his contributions on the defensive end while uh, being a real, real gunner behind the three-point line uh, with that bow and arrow celebration. Not excited to see that in the purple of gold, but um, wish him all the best. Uh, carrying on is uh, a George Hill who... Uh, famously led the league with uh, 46% shooting behind the three-point arc. Just a terribly crazy percentage that was uh, inherently doomed to come back down to earth at some point, but I still thought that he was he was a valuable contributor for us in the playoffs, especially when, uh, unfortunately, Bledsoe wasn't uh, playing uh, up to par for himself. It was quite the luxury to have George Hill come in and feel fairly comfortable with him playing crunch time for us. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have have the size and strength to and is slightly limited compared to other point guards in the league. Uh, slightly limited to be able to do some of the some of the creation that we would have wanted from him, but as someone who wasn't technically a starter for us, I think he I think he did a pretty good job filling in that role. Um, which makes sense as he, he did get some six man of the year press. Maybe it wasn't entirely serious since I, I don't remember and I put money on it that he didn't end up in the top three or anything uh, behind a, you know, two current Lakers now, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Derek Rose also got some press. There's also Lou Williams. So, um, but, but I think he had a, pretty valuable season kind of around the same production level as those guys so it's uh really great to have george hill around uh not not just for his um performance that was above milwaukee bucks expectations when he came in but also for what he did off the court of course uh in the story that kyle corver shared with uh with us from that interview at his alma mater creighton he revealed that george was the first guy um in the wake of the uh, uh, Jacob Blake attempted murder to say that he was going to 
sit out for the rest of the game. Um, and, you know, Kyle Korver also went, went, went on to say that despite all of the, uh, you know, tensions between the rest of the NBA that we kind of just went out and did that without consulting anybody, I think that it was that um, they, they could just tell that it was the right decision and obvious, obviously was considering the uh, amount of attention that, that the Bucks and the NBA got out of that and uh, rightfully so. Beyond that, he was also um, Alex Lazary, uh, I believe title is uh, Vice President of Basketball Operations and obviously son of uh, Mark Lazary, Bucks owner, also known for plenty of other things with uh, in the political community. But uh, Alex went on uh, the Athletic NBA show and said how uh, he and George Hill just recently before the election were going around Milwaukee uh, door-to-door and and uh, promoting uh, voting in the election. So uh, really sad to see uh, George leave for reasons on and off the court, as, as I will say for a lot of these guys. We're losing a lot of high-character guys, and uh, but I, I wouldn't say that our roster up to this point is lacking uh, character at all. That's not what I made me to say, more so just uh, extending my appreciation to these guys. And I touched on this individual already, but there's uh, Kyle Korver, who, um, I mean, we all pretty much under- understood the the archetype and the role that he was expected to fill, and, and he did it well, um, especially considering that he's now 39 years old. Um, and I don't I don't think any of us would have been disappointed at all if he would have returned on a minimum contract. It just... Wasn't really in the cards for us, though he did have uh, a 41.8 shooting uh, percentage from behind the arc in his sole season with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's uh, which is actually down from his career average of 42.9 percent. But similar to George Hill's three point percentage, that's uh, that's uh, nothing to grimace at, and. Let's not forget, although maybe we'd like to, he did end up playing uh, 20 minutes in a playoff game against the, um, believe it, I believe it was in a game against the Miami Heat because this is when we had a lot of criticism for Mike Boonholzer and, and his rotations. But although that that wasn't that wasn't the role that we wanted him to play, having such a having such an impact on a high stakes game, um, that also does speak volumes to. Uh, his longevity and knowing his role and doing it well to be able to do that and have the trust of any coach um, at his advantage. As I touched upon before, too, with George Hill, um, we can't also forget uh, what Kyle Korver uh, has done in being an active advocate uh, for racial equality around the league and, of course, off the court as well. And I, I was just always shocked when, of course, the Great interview came out about Jacob Blake, but then in doing research for that, I found I just felt like I kept on finding more and more work that Kyle Korver had done. Of course, I had remembered when he had when he had written his Players Tribune article, but then he had kind of that roundtable discussion with some former Jazz players as well, and I think he might have even written um, a couple articles for the Players Tribune even before joining the Bucks, and obviously, unfortunately, having uh, more talking points on this same topic uh, uh, seasons prior and this past season with uh, 
Jacob Blake while they were in the bubble. So uh, thanks to Kyle Korver. And I, I can't say that I know anything about where he's going uh, moving forward uh, with basketball. I wouldn't be shocked if if he decided to hang it up at this point. But there's, there's still time for him to sign with the team. And who knows? I've touched on it in the past. Maybe um, the Bucks limited cap space, we... Seems like if we want to sign pretty much anybody at this point, um, not in a trade, it would have to be a rest of season contract to fit underneath the hard cap, and and uh, I guess there is a chance that Kyle Korver could come back, but it wouldn't be for some time, and you know maybe maybe it's a stretch for that actually to, to come to fruition. So I want to say thanks to Kyle for that, and. Someone else that the Bucks organization owes uh, a ton of appreciation to, of course, is uh, Ursan Ilyasova playing his in his third stint with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in these past two seasons. He played 130 games and started in 15 of them. And uh, in his nine seasons in total with the Milwaukee Bucks, he uh, played in 583 while starting in 272 games. And... I'd had some discussions, I believe it was a mailbag question with Ursan Ilyasova on whether or not his number would be retired or if it should be. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I argued against retiring his number because and maybe this is silly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess kind of the argument that I, I'm going to make is uh, being looser with the handouts of the jersey retirements does kind of diminish from... Um, the honor to some other guys, uh, maybe less of a Kareem or an Oscar because everybody uh, in the whole wide, wide world who knows about jersey retirements and anything about the NBA would know that those guys are no-brainers to have their jerseys retired. But other guys like that are less known to the casual fan, like um, Sidney Momcrief or even or even uh, Marcus Johnson. Some I feel like it could take away from some of those guys if if we continue to be a little more loose with our uh, retired jerseys. I'm I'm even <laughs> I'm kind of at a, at a loss of the the name of a certain individual that I had in mind for someone. Um, like I believe it was a, a Brian Winters, for example. I don't know a ton about Brian Winters, and I think that speaks to. Um, I would say that could possibly speak to an example of like so why you wouldn't want to retire his number. If uh, I mean, it could also say something about uh, my knowledge of the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think I think having him and someone that like maybe a lot of maybe more casual basketball fans wouldn't even recognize their name or guess that they're a basketball player, and having them. Um, Having their jersey retired might take away from some guys who are more deserving. All that being said, um, yeah, Ursan Ilyasova, obviously it's not, you, you don't see it often where, where a guy will come back and, and play with a team, uh, let alone come back a second time and have three stints overall with the team. And also I hadn't even known uh, this before, but I guess... Um, so his first trip with the Milwaukee Bucks was just his rookie year. You know, I believe he he averaged just a little over six points per game, and he he must have also been super young at this point. Um, but he had played one season with the Bucks, averaging around six points, and then he played two seasons after that in Spain that I wasn't aware of. So just another little tidbit on Ursan. 
um, there, but we we definitely appreciate him in Milwaukee, especially being being a small market and having trouble attracting guys. Not that he's the biggest name, um, but yeah, he he definitely appreciates Milwaukee. It seems, and we should appreciate him too. So thank you, Ursan. Um, another um, now former Milwaukee Bucks big man uh, is Robin Lopez, obviously brother brother of Brooke, and um, he only played this past season with the Milwaukee Bucks, but I thought he he did bring another really valuable element of another um, true uh, NBA center with real NBA center size to go up against. Uh, Joel Embiid and Marcus Gasol and guys who you really need um you really need size to face especially um when that sort of skill set is is declining with uh you know more small ball and valuing uh, more diverse skill set even among big men now but um Robin was was able to fill that role especially when we needed it when his brother had to go to the bench and he he even shocked me with his with his three point shooting. Not that it was anything to uh, write home about, or um, maybe maybe wouldn't have been a shot that I would have defended. But um, he he did show that he he was willing to throw those shots up, whether they were the best shots or not or not. He was willing to throw them up, and they went in uh, maybe more often than I would have expected. But uh, Robin is now. Uh, on the Washington Wizards, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, if if not his, um, well, we're definitely going to miss him in particular this this year with um, kind of the lack of depth at that big man uh, position. But um, I'm happy for him that he was able to control his own his own destiny by declining that player option that many questioned, um, and. Yeah, I, I think if no one else, um, a lot of younger fans and, and uh, mascot and uh, Bango will definitely miss Robin. Um, carrying down down uh, the line of former Milwaukee Bucks now, um, like to bring up uh, Sterling Brown, who started 12 of the 164 games that he played with, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, recently announced that he settled with uh, the city of Milwaukee for that excessive force uh, case years ago um, from uh, that late night encounter with the Milwaukee police. Um, knowing all of that, it, it was tough not to root for Sterling Brown, and you know, for him to have a more a more positive experience in Milwaukee with the Bucks. It's really sad. Um, to me, that it didn't work out better better for him, um, obviously off the court, but but on the court as well. Um, for for all that he went through, I thought it would have been it would have been especially satisfying to see him uh, win a ring and and be there when the confetti's falling and and all of our dreams come true. Um, but you know, he's he's still a young guy, so there's no reason to get um, you know feel. I mean, I, I gotta be I gotta be careful here, obviously, because I am obviously really regretful of of his encounters with the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm really proud of him for all that he's done, um, kind of to bring issues like this to light. Obviously, being a part of the Social Justice Coalition, being second to George Hill to boycott the Jacob uh, Blake 
uh, shooting or strike rather, but um, I believe he was also with a group of players with this coalition to recently go visit the Pope. Um, I think they might have literally actually physically visited uh, uh, the Pope uh, out in Europe, but um, which is ki- kind of funny because uh, in times like this, you'd think that could easily be something that could be done um, virtually over over a Zoom meeting with the Pope, but I'm happy that he was able to experience that and, uh, you know, re- really being an impactful player on and off the court. And, um, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be glossed over the fact that I do think he can be really effective on the court. Bucks fans wanted, maybe wanted a little more for him, but... They had a reason to be hopeful for his production these past few years, considering uh, although he was uh, a second-round pick, in many ways he maybe overperformed performed that of, of the typical second-round pick. And, um, you know, playing, having a valuable skill set of a wing who also plays plays kind of bigger for his size while also being 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan. You know, it's to me, it's kind of poetic that he's ending up uh, on the Houston Rockets. So we wish uh, Sterling Brown uh, the very best. And last but not least, I'll want to I want to touch on Frank Mason the third. Although he didn't see a ton of time with the Milwaukee Bucks, I would I'd gather single digit games when he ended up on the court for us. He really tore it up for the Wisconsin herd in the G League. Of course, being the MVP and runner up, being. Um, Jalen Adams, of course, um, now Milwaukee Buck. But uh, in the G League, um, G League MVP Frank Mason had splits of 26.4 points per game, uh, five assists, uh, 3.4 rebounds while shooting 42.5% from three. So incredible stuff from Frank Mason, especially because uh, the people were surprised when we were able to get Frank Mason on a two-way contract in addition to Dragon Bender, who was the uh, former uh, number four overall pick and uh, still relatively recent history. So um, I also at this moment don't really know uh, what's in the cards for Frank Mason in his future basketball career, but I, I'd hope he, he at least ends up in a in a similar role and kind of an undervalued two-way player who I think could play valuable backup minutes at the point guard position like he did on the Kings before uh, being on the Milwaukee Bucks and also being a standout uh, in Kansas. So, yeah, I think wherever Frank Mason ends up and whatever team he's on, they should consider themselves lucky. Um, and uh, speaking of former Bucks and saying goodbye, we have a part a different kind of goodbye to give and also congratulations to Andrew Bogut for announcing his retirement early this past week. Um, I believe it's been at least a couple years since he's been on an NBA roster, but in that time he was able to return to Australia and play in the NBL. Um, shoot, I apologize for kind of speaking with not 100% confidence, but enough to say that, that I believe Andrew Bogut was quite productive in the NBL being and being maybe even an MVP this past year, if I remember correctly. I've heard others saying that 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 was maybe a disputed or very much disputed award to be given out. They thought that maybe it was just name recognition that got Bogut that MVP uh, trophy. But it but if it was like the most absurd thing, he probably wouldn't have gotten it in the first place. So it speaks to 
Hen still being uh, extremely productive um, at a, in a really talented league like the NBL. Um, you know, maybe similar caliber to that of a Euro League, but I'm no expert on that. So take it with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, more importantly, um, he had career splits of 12.7 points, 2.3 assists, 9.3 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks per game while leading the league in blocks in uh, 2011, I believe. He was first team all-rookie in 2006 after being the number one overall pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't be too... Um, from what I understand, he was pretty much the unanimous pick for the number one overall pick that year, um, even though that draft class also contained Chris Paul and Darren Williams. But, um, you know, I would I would say um, pretty successful career for Andrew Bogut, uh, to say the least. I mean, he's also third team All-NBA in 2010 with the Milwaukee Bucks, which, which I actually forgot about because, as many of you would know, that was a little bit before uh, a time of some of my fandom. But, um, of course, he won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. And another thing I didn't realize was he had only won uh, one championship, that first one with the Warriors, because um, I believe he had to be uh, dealt to the Mavericks then to probably for salary reasons to bring in Kevin Durant once they won their other two. But they spoke a lot about it on Lockdown Bucks. Obviously, their host, Kane Pittman, um, being Australian, he... Um, Seemed like quite the expert of it, but his guests at the time also um, were talking about how uh, how remarkable uh, Andrew Bogut's two way impact was that he could he could excel both uh, under Mark Jackson, more of the offensive mind and Golden State coach, after he was traded from the Bucks there, um, and then also uh, for Steve Kerr and being really impactful on, on the on or yeah on more of Steve Kerr's, uh, you know, revolutionary offense there in the Golden State Warriors. And you have to think that he had a really strong impact for guys like uh, like Michael Redd, uh, Brandon Jennings, John Salmons, et cetera, guys like that around that time. Maybe a, maybe a Mo Williams, too, throw him in there. And, uh, yeah, obviously we're really happy for our former uh, number one overall pick. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, Andrew. And hopefully uh, my plan is also to uh, retire around the same time that you were able to. So um, keep downloading these episodes, everybody. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Now, um, 
wanted to get into some more of the recent news um, as we're getting closer to NBA action. Um, so we'll have, have less of these little uh, news updates and items and more of actual uh, uh, analysis on uh, current uh, NBA play. But the Milwaukee Bucks uh, preseason schedule uh, will include us playing against the Dallas Mavericks twice in a row starting uh, next Saturday the 12th and then also on Monday the 14th. And after that, we will be playing the uh, New Orleans Pelicans on uh, the following uh, Friday the 18th, uh, which I believe is uh, will be a couple birthdays for my good friend, uh, friends uh, Dan and Henry. So happy early birthday to you folks if you're tuning in, but I'm sure I'll be... Uh, I'll be chatting with you guys around then and uh, also watch some NBA basketball. But uh, what we're really looking forward to here um, is not the preseason as the NBA announced the first half of the NBA schedule. Interesting to only release half the schedule. You know, some of this has to do with the risk of playing during COVID. But nevertheless, the first half of the schedule um, will include six back-to-backs, uh, the Bucks playing the same opponent in consecutive games uh, four times against the Heat, Pistons, Cavs, and Raptors. Our longest road trip will be six games from February 5th to February 14th. And our longest homestand will be eight games from February 16th to March 2nd. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks' first game will be on the second night of NBA regular season action on the 23rd, which is particularly exciting for someone, well, I, w- I would gather many of us, um, as I have, I and many of you probably have off for Christmas uh, Eve and day, so that'll be fun to uh, finish up the last day of my um three-day work week with some uh, regular season basketball um, and which we'll be playing uh, in Boston against the Celtics and then I'm also really excited to announce that that the Bucks will have um, a Christmas Day game again of course and hopefully they'll be able to redeem themselves uh, after that absolutely atrocious loss to the Sixers last year um Although we we also do have to remind ourselves that that the Bucks uh, probably had a little more bright spots than the Sixers uh, did last year with that game and uh, the rest of their season. But uh, Christmas we will be uh, playing at Pfizer Forum, of course, without fans uh, against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, fortunately, they won't have Clay Thompson, um, and I believe I've touched on uh, before how he had. I believe his injury was a torn uh, AC because his initial one was an ACL. Gosh, I feel so terrible for this guy. He has probably the highest approval rating of any NBA player, um, kind of at the same uh, level as as Giannis, but um, he had another really uh, terrible injury. I believe it might have been an Achilles this time. So he will now... uh, He will now miss... Uh, likely another full season. It's all but confirmed, but uh, we'll still be playing against, um, you know, Stephen Curry, uh, Draymond Green, their first round draft pick, James Wiseman, 
newly acquired uh, wings in uh, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre as well. So they'll still be a good team, and and that'll be a there'll be a risk of a of another Christmas Day defeat. But um, you know, at nothing else, it is still an honor to to be uh, selected to be one of the few teams playing on Christmas Day, especially being in a small market. We will also have the second game. Um, it might have also been our time slot last year when we played against the Sixers, but um, definitely also uh, valuable that we don't get the the first uh, slate like a couple years ago when we played against the Knicks. Um, as the Pelicans will be playing uh, in Miami against the Heat with the first game. Us against the Warriors is the second game. The Nets will be playing in Boston for the third game. The Mavericks will be playing in LA against the Lakers for the uh, fourth game. Then the last game will be the Clippers playing in Denver against the Nuggets. So, um, you know, selfishly, one of the big reasons why I love Christmas is that we can still get NBA basketball. And hopefully uh, I won't be having to lock myself uh, in my parents' basement like last year so that I wouldn't uh, upset everybody else with my frustrations and, you know, with the Bucks getting pummeled. But more games to get to um, and definitely more important than that Christmas game is the first of the back-to-backs and, uh, or rather, uh, playing uh, a, an opponent an opponent in two games consecutively, and that's uh, the Miami Heat, and that'll already be, um, that will already be on December 29th and uh, December 30th. So yeah, also back-to-back away games against the Miami Heat, and this is what Bucks fans we're probably looking to the most when looking at this schedule to see when we could uh, potentially have redemption, but you know, also maybe we shouldn't get a, get ahead of ourselves and really just more so be uh, considering um, this is kind of the biggest test to, um, you know, what uh, Bud's been going through and, you know, what his thought process has been uh, throughout this shortened off season to, uh, really make some material adjustments, especially against a team so versatile like the Miami Heat, as we were all uh, as we're all abundantly aware. But um, yeah, I think a lot of I've spoken to this before. I guess it doesn't hurt to say again that what um, this off season to me was most about, um, <laughs> after a couple other obvious things and. You know, obviously the off season leads into the regular season, and what those games will be about is seeing that um, seeing that we can we can have uh, shooting around Giannis that is more translatable to the playoffs, similar to what John Horst said in an interview, um, and that being um, not so much about like um, well, I mean, being a consistent shooter is especially valuable and more valuable games and being able to say stay strong and be the player that you always are um, in the playoffs not not uh, trying to subtweet uh, 
a uh, Eric Bledsoe by any means, but you know, to me, what what playoff shooting is mainly about is being able to do to do stuff with the ball other other than just stand still in a corner and and grab the ball and, and put it up, and you know, being able to do more than that, create for um, not only yourself but others, or at least being able to do one of those two aspects uh, with the ball besides just uh, chucking it up after standing in the same spot. Um, that's you know, I feel, I feel like I put a kind of a disproportional amount of um, amount of weight on Pat Connaughton with that, as I was kind of frustrated with him, particularly in the playoffs. Of course, playing more so above our former Buck uh, Wesley Matthews, and yeah, kind of wanting a, a different uh, prototype than Pat Connaughton. And we'll see if if our additions like a like a Bryn Forbes or a DJ Augustine are are able to do that. Or maybe we'll see further development from Dante DiVincenzo on that front as well. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, of course. However, um, the Bucks also have 12 nationally, televi- nationally televised games against... Or, or yeah, and that is less than... Uh, just the Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, Dallas Mavericks, New Orleans Pelicans, the Golden State Warriors, and Brooklyn Nets. Um, now, it is also flattering that the Bucks were able to get more nationally televised games than the Los Angeles Clippers, Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And when you look up and down the, uh, you know, the count for how many nas- nationally televised games were given out to each uh, team in the second half of the schedule or rather the first half um really the only big question marks are um the pelicans obviously having more than than uh us warriors nets clippers heat sixers etc and you know i don't really think that's that's really justified we all know the big reason is uh, the big Z, and I'm not talking about uh, myself, but um, Zion Williamson, of course, he's he's um, one of the most electrifying young talents to come into the league ever since uh, an Anthony Davis and a LeBron James. But, um, you know, kind of disappointing for some of those other teams, especially since the Pelicans proved to not be able to make it uh, into the playoffs last year. A lot of that having to do with Zion Zion's injuries, but you know that probably was was maybe a sign that hey maybe we shouldn't throw out uh, all these nationally televised games a second year in a row to to this team and but the NBA did it again and uh, even after the Pelicans didn't show up in the bubble and didn't make the playoffs like like the NBA had hoped and that was kind of some criticism against the league was that. They had thought maybe they were bringing like they did because they wanted to um, get their big Z um, into the playoffs. But it's also odd coming from a guy in Milwaukee uh, to see this because it's not like New Orleans is is one of those big markets like in like in L.A. But, um, you know, it's not cute to be uh, to have uh, uh, one small market be against another. So I'll leave that there. And uh, hopefully Zion's more healthy healthy this year similar mold of our 
of our uh, big guy in uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So um, that was just one thing that stuck stuck out to me with the nationally televised games. And then last thing, which is more minor and less egregious, was the Denver Nuggets having less than Phoenix, Phoenix Suns and the Rockets. Um, now, uh, the Suns had um, a really impressive NBA bubble and traded for Chris Paul and you know, have some interesting young guys who are due to due to uh, grow their game even more in Devin Booker and a DeAndre Ayton. But um, I mean, we should probably recognize the fact that the the Nuggets were able to. I mean, maybe they alone had like some of the most exciting uh, basketball out of anybody in the NBA bubble, especially like even more so than uh, Devin Booker and the undefeated Bubble Suns. But um. That stuck out to me, and then of course I threw the Rockets in there, recognizing that Houston's a bit of a bigger market, and you know they they probably had to had to build the schedule in, assuming that they would still have a uh, James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook instead of John Wall. But um, you know Rockets may be more in in a last year's Pelicans position uh, leading up to this um, this upcoming uh, postseason. So wish the Denver Nuggets would have got more. I mean, they're one of the most exciting offenses to watch in the league as well, but uh, overall, that's not Bucks basketball, so maybe I did not get so worked up about that. Now, now regarding the Bucks more so um, in our nationally televised games, those will be against the Celtics, Warriors, Heat, Mavericks, uh, the Nets on MLK Day, the Lakers, um, which is uh, January 21st, uh, just a little less than a week before my birthday. The Pelicans twice, the Pacers, the Suns, the Raptors, and the Clippers. So those will be the nationally televised games to look forward to. And yeah, uh, chucking along here, I wanted to get to some reporting from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. And uh, that was regarding the NBA uh, COVID-19 protocol. Um, and maybe not the most exciting news, but definitely... Um, very important as I'm sure I'll get plenty of questions from people as I already have about this, uh, how they're going to handle COVID. Hopefully it will be better than the MLB and the NFL. There's no way it can be as good as the NBA bubble and there will likely be some cases. Um, and there was some criticism even going into the bubble with skeptics on uh, in a time like this carrying on and, you know, um, traveling and gathering with your team against other teams and, and NBA officials when there's a, when there's a deadly virus sweeping our, our nation now more than ever, I must say. And, um, but, you know, in conversations with, with friends recently, I have to have to remind myself that, that this isn't just something that uh, just Adam Sil- Silver and the billionaire owners decided on their own. This this is a decision that they wouldn't have came to without consulting uh, Michelle Roberts and the um, National Basketball Players Association and their uh, NBA player representatives too. So, um, heck, if the, um, the NBA players want to play because after all their paychecks are on the line their um you know a lot of their payroll probably goes to 
uh, covering a lot of their family outside of themselves. So maybe they can't afford to lose millions of dollars during, a, you know, a, a pandemic that's gone on longer than we all had hoped. Um, I guess we, we can we can respect that this is something that the players wanted to do too. Maybe maybe temper our maybe temper our concern um, regarding the NBA and bringing players back, but um, I guess it does sort of uh, dampen the mood when uh, when getting excited about the regular season. But some of the protocols um, will be. Uh, uh, Daily testing that began last Saturday, November 28th, and uh, the results from that actually have already been released. And uh, from testing, um, let's see, actually from this report um, from the Athletics, uh, Shams Sharania, between actually November 24th and November 30th, 48 out of 546 NBA players, so a little less than 10% tested positive for COVID-19, and... um, so those were the results, the results of the uh, daily COVID-19 uh, testing. And in order to hopefully uh, decrease these those numbers, because we even saw people test positive, um, you know, like in preliminary tests uh, going going into the bubble. Um, and then that, that eventually got um, um, entirely reduced to zero for the remainder of the bubble. But um not saying that that's the case, but maybe we shouldn't be uh, going crazy about these initial results because they're similar to that even before the NBA bubble as well. You know, similar to uh, an Eric Bledsoe, which is kind of, you know, uh, another excuse that we had for our, our beloved former point guard. Um, but I mean, <laughs> but this one clearly more valid than in past years considering uh COVID-19 is literally deadly and even a, a friend of mine and after he said it I, I thought I saw it too and that uh, Eric Bledsoe might have might have might have lost some weight and strength there from from uh, having COVID-19 in ways um, that they'll hopefully uh, decrease the, those numbers um, ways they will try to do so is with another anonymous hotline for NBA players to report potential violations of these safety protocols uh, teams and players only being allowed to dine at approved uh, restaurants on trips and then at home uh, players and staffs uh, being uh, barred so to speak from uh, going to bars lounges clubs public gyms etc um, NBA will also be testing uh, household members of players and staff twice a week and um, uh, teams uh, traveling parties are will be limiting uh two guests, uh, two hotel rooms, if uh, these players' household members want to join them on trips. Or if we'll be seeing another Daniel House uh, situation with a, uh, a hotel staff member, but I assume that might be that might be a bit against the rule. Respect the hustle, though. Um, yeah, so that's those are the main points that I took away from Shams and Woj's reporting about the NBA COVID protocols. Happy to see that we have some uh, real set in stone uh, guidelines for these guys to follow. Uh, follow. And uh, in addition to just all of our uh, common sense that we've developed regarding this uh, outbreak since this began, that some choose to follow more than others. Um, 
hopefully these guys follow it more considering they actually have millions of dollars on the line and um, other than everybody's lives, of course. But more of the recent news um, is that, um, well, I guess I guess now is as good a time as ever, even though I might be kind of late to the party. But this was this past week was uh, quite the birthday week for many of us in Milwaukee. Um, and even for me, beyond these athletes, but Giannis's birthday is today, December sixth, as I'm recording. So um, I'm assuming the earliest you'll be listening to this would probably be um, tomorrow, Monday the seventh, and so. If you if you haven't yet, I would encourage all of you to, um, as a way to celebrate, um, to uh, spend spend at least uh, ten minutes on YouTube today and just just uh, just watch those Giannis highlights that you may be watching all the time. Anyway, um, to appreciate your uh, current uh, MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. But also just of note is that this uh, he's not the only uh, Wisconsin MVP to have a birthday this week because uh, Aaron Rodgers' birthday was this past uh, Wednesday, the 2nd. And Christian Yelch's was yesterday, as I'm recording, uh, on uh, Saturday, uh, December 5th, sharing a birthday uh, with uh, my cousin as well. So happy birthday, uh, Zachary, if you're listening. Uh, love you very much, bud. Yeah, big birthday week for for a lot of us uh, in Wisconsin, myself included. Uh, I want to give an extra birthday, a couple shout-outs too for looking at the calendar this past uh, December, uh, Thursday, December 3rd, when um was a birthday for uh, my good friend uh, Chuck Kep and also my, um, my lovely uh, former German exchange student and uh, best German friend in Florian. So, alles Gute zum Geburtstag, Florian. Now, uh, more on these uh, Giannis's birthday, actually. So, um, I guess it'll be probably too late by the time you guys are uh, listening to this, but uh, I would hope that some of you were able to tune into NBA TV today. I know I, I would be able to if I were at my, at my parents' house again, but um, back at my homestead, and I don't have uh, NBA TV hooked up. But on NBA TV, they're playing five uh, Giannis Bucks games to celebrate his birthday. So that's really fun if you're looking for more Giannis basketball to watch after those highlights. Um, and just another anecdote that I wanted to share was, uh, um, as we're in the middle of Giannis watch here, even on his birthday, and probably a little more advanced on his birthday was... Uh, yesterday evening, as I was driving back uh, from my aforementioned parents' house, uh, driving down Brady Street, getting close to my house here, I was, uh, there was just, you know, blasting my music really loud, as I always do in my exceptionally loud uh, Jeep that I drive, and I noticed there was a ton of honking behind me, and I thought I had done something wrong, or someone had bumped into my car, and I hadn't noticed, but um, no, it turns out there was a ton of honking, honking rather, all the way down the street, and kind of the first thing that went to my head was that, you know, perhaps perhaps Giannis had actually signed that Supermax and I thought it might be fitting considering uh, it being his birthday and him being eligible. But alas, he did not. Um, but I'm still waiting in bated breath to see 
if our MVP will sign, and I also want to remind all of you that whether or not he signs, even by the deadline, that um, you know, just because he just because he doesn't sign the supermax doesn't mean he won't sign with us again at all. So uh, let's not. I just want to make sure we're not uh, being too disastrous of thinkers here when uh, when considering Giannis and his supermax opportunity. Um, even though we do want to see him sign that. A couple other things. So these are the last things that I'll be getting into here. But um, again, listening to Locked on Bucks here, just today I was catching up on an episode where uh, Kane and a guest were discussing uh, the City Edition uh, Bucks jerseys and that being uh, their blue jerseys, which I was pretty excited about. I think the the end product, with the, I mean, they maybe could have done more with the blue, but... Um, I think everyone was just really excited to see the blue because it was, you know, fun to see them actually pull out uh, that color as it was kind of just a minimum kind of accent on a lot of our jerseys, um, even though it was technically a part of our color scheme. So it's cool that they're um, releasing jerseys um, to honor um, our location and being on the water. Uh right on Lake Michigan and um, also recognizing uh, our roots here in that the name of this city edition uh, unofficially or officially, I'm not sure uh, uh, coincides with the gathering place uh, going along with the, um, the name of Milwaukee and uh, gathering place. Um, or, or the good land via Wayne's world. One or the other, uh, they're both pretty much synonymous. But yeah, it's called The Gathering Place because that uh, is similar to um, what Milwaukee means. The uh, Native American, the name of our city and home of the Milwaukee Bucks. So pretty cool stuff. I, um, I, I guess i was definitely considering heading it on my personal christmas list yes i'm 23 and i still make christmas lists for my family but um um i i actually opted to throw on the bucks cream sh- cream city shorts instead um because I, i'd hate to lose out on that if it stops being available um being less recent than these gathering place jerseys um and you know i i love the i love the idea of of using using the cream city jerseys despite kind of some of the the tongue-in-cheek responses from national media pretty immature at that but you know i like i like that we're kind of hitting all of our milwaukee roots and um not so much with the blue but the cream city i thought was especially unique and i think it's something that the bucks should should lean more into you know because I, I think being being more original is uh something that will be a lot more memorable for uh fans across the association um and yeah that's i guess that's probably what what we want to do and what the goal is when when going through these brandings is having something that um that is memorable and people will want to buy so um hopefully we haven't seen the last of the cream but but um but yeah i'm I'm happy we're, we're doing the blue even if it wasn't um even if even if the rest of the the jersey characteristics didn't blow everyone out of the water, but at, le- at least I didn't see us on the lists for um, 
as there are every year with uh, bad jersey choices. So I'd say we're middle of the pack there. Um, and then lastly, I just want to get to some uh, housekeeping items. And um, I announced this week on my social media at uh, on Twitter and Instagram of Nuck If You Buck MBA U is just the letter U, everything else is as it sounds, is I'm selling uh, my first merchandise, that being uh, green long sleeve uh, t-shirts just with the plain Nuck A Few Buck logo. Um, and one of the photos I'm sharing online that I got off of Custom Inc, where I got the jersey, where I created these shirts off of it, randomly throws in uh, a white dotted line of where, showing where the icon came in. But I promise that dotted line isn't on the um the actual shirts as uh in any other pictures of the shirt that i could find didn't have that so i don't know why it did on that but um yeah if you're interested just dm me on instagram or twitter or i suppose you could also email me at nuck if you buck the pod you there is y-o-u but that's at gmail.com i probably won't see that as quick but i will eventually see that if you want to reach me faster and have that be a Christmas present uh, for you or your loved one, reach me at uh, MBA on Twitter, Instagram, you just being the letter U. And those are $20 only if I haven't mentioned. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing, but I think I might even, I think I might even be taking a, a slight financial loss on this as I was trying to, you know, do some you know, algebra as one does in his everyday life to figure out, okay, uh, how many would I have to sell? But yeah, I, who knows? Maybe I had a few drinks in me or something as I was trying to do this math and it didn't work out great. But hey, that's why I kind of, uh, that's why I ordered just a tiny amount to be saved because I don't know how interested everybody will be. Um, but yeah, so I guess all that being said, um, of note is that I mentioned that I don't have a ton of shirts that I ordered, you know, in the event that there isn't as much interest. So if I don't have your size, I do truly apologize. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe this won't be the last time I'm, I'm giving away, uh, some merch here, but Christmas present idea, um, for you and your loved ones, just hit me on social media. Um, also, I finally announced that I have been writing for sportsbusinessclassroom.com. I've been waiting to announce this, um, honestly, just because I was slightly insecure about some of my writing, but I mean, I, I was not an English major and I haven't done a ton of writing in the past. So um, I still think there's some really, really good and valuable content in there. I try to squeeze, squeeze every little bit of, you know, just like small NBA tidbits into, into the limited words that I'm granted. And I think there's a lot that can be learned from my writing. And I just shared this past week's because I, um, well, two weeks ago it is now, but sometime last week um, it was published, uh, my article about what all happened uh, this offseason, particularly with Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, Pat Connaughton and his uh, two accepted offers from the Milwaukee Bucks. So, I think that could be really informative. There will obviously be some overlap from the podcast, but um, it's honestly quite a short read. I'll even admit that I don't do... I mainly get my uh, NBA content from podcasts rather than um, 
you know, written work because y- your boy doesn't do a ton of leisure reading as much. Regardless, I think you should read what I'm putting down. And yeah, as as my articles get published, um, they don't quite get published uh, every week, but I'd say a number of mine have been published at this time. Um, I, I'll be sharing it on Nuck a Few Buck social. Um, and it's not all Bucks either, too. It's all of the NBA, and I think that's valuable for for Bucks fans to get to know more about the NBA. And I and I uh, I, I truly believe that too. That's why I don't stick uh, strictly to the Milwaukee Bucks and all of this. But um, I hope that I make it uh, a focus enough. Lastly, I'm very excited to announce the winner of this uh, Rocky Rococo gift certificate raffle. That I did this past week. Of course, Rocky Rococo was kind enough to complete our first trade uh, of the offseason and successfully, unlike the Bucks and Bogdan Bogdanovich's camp. Um, and they gave me actually two um, gift certificates for uh, Rocky Rococo large whole pies. So I thought, you know, I'd certainly love to have two whole pies, but it feels a little selfish for for me to not share the wealth a bit, especially around this holiday season. So I want to give one away and I'm excited to announce that I'm giving it away to Peter Andrew. Peter, Pete was my uh, former uh, roommate back on Downer Avenue and um, <laughs> just a, a wonderful cat. And I'm really, uh, I'm really honored that he uh, takes time out of, I know his, I'm very aware of his busy schedule um, to, to listen to me here and there and yeah i'm happy that my random number generator generator picked out his designated number um out of that simulation so um pete i'll be reaching out to you to see how i can get you this uh gift cert- and yeah but shout out pete and um it's a well another fun fact about my personal life if anybody cares is um um i got these wi-fi extenders not um you know last year because we had some pretty cruddy wi-fi at my old place and um and in honor of pete also then i named those extent those extensions pete is sexy and pete i really want you to know if you're listening out there that that is still the name of those wi-fi extensions at my current apartment so we love you sexy pete and I hope this Rocky Rococo's makes you feel as sexy as you are. (laughs) Um, And uh, with all that being said, I guess that's a good point to leave it at there. And everybody, I'll see you in another life, brother. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again. See you in another life, brother.